Hello, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Get Geek podcast. This week, we're going to do a little bit of discussion on some recent news. We're going to give you a mini spoiler fee, free, excuse me, spoiler free review of The Last of Us 2, the fastest selling PlayStation 4 exclusive of all time. And we're going to talk about some news regarding the Flash movie. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, let's introduce the crew. I'm Jose. This is Wolfie. AJ. Eli. And this is Walt. Welcome, welcome, guys. It's good to hear from you all again. I hope everyone is doing okay. Um, so, as always, for the last couple of weeks, we have a couple of disclaimers and um, some statements for you. First of all, we are recording our podcast remotely, so if there are any sound issues or artifacts, uh, please bear with us. We've actually all gotten some new equipment, so we're hoping that that's a good way to kind of mitigate those sound issues. We're doing the best that we can. We want you guys to know that we're doing the best that we can. If you hear any issues, feel free to share with us and let us know because we'll do everything we can to fix it and make it sound right for you guys. Um, Besides that, as well... If you like our podcast, if you like our content, if you'd like to see some direction in our content, you want to give us some feedback, the best way to do any of those things is to like, rate, share, and subscribe or reach out to us. You can find us on Get Geek Podcast on Instagram. Of course, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever all your favorite podcasts are sold. Um, So again, the best thing to do if you want to support our podcast and you really enjoy it is to like, rate, share, and subscribe. So I think we should jump right into it. What do you think, guys? You guys ready to discuss all the news of the week? Before you do that, just just to put it out there, we do have an active giveaway going on. Um, If you jump onto our Instagram page, we are giving away a Funko Pop Vegeta character. So um, the contest ends July, what did we say, July 3rd? No, it's not. Yes, no. That's that's what he would say. Like that's what he would say. That's what he would say. Yeah, (laughs) I thought you were saying that it's a cacarot. Just check it out. Just check it out. All all the information is on the Instagram page, guys. Just check it out. I love I love Vegeta, but fifty percent of his dialogue on the show is cacarot. Um, That's true. That's true. But um, (laughs) anyway, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's true. Kakarot. They just say that name quite a bit. In the first movie. <laughs> um, let's yeah, let's jump into it and and definitely guys, sign up for our Instagram giveaway. We we can't wait to give one of you guys that Vegeta Funko Pop. Funko Pop, it's freaking awesome. It's a, a, one of Vegeta's training Funko Pops. So anyway, let's jump right into it. Uh, the Last of Us spoiler free mini review. So this has to be spoiler free because I'm actually the only one that started playing it thus far. I believe the guys are most of the way through the first one. And um, right off the bat, for my spoiler-free review, I will say that I love the game. I absolutely love it. I think it's better than the first one, okay? And I'll explain a few reasons why. Now, one of the main criticisms of the first game, and you guys can tell me, and I think you've said that this is one of your main criticisms of the first game, is that it can get a little repetitive. Um which I understand there are definitely some, some action scenes and set pieces that repeat themselves. I think the game does a good job for the most part of pacing for the most part of making some 
action scenes a little bit different. With The Last of Us 2, what I've found so far, and this is probably the main complaint for a lot of people, in, in well, this is not the main complaint because there are a million complaints, some of which I'll address without spoiling it, like I said. But some people are complaining that the game is a little too long. And I agree. Some of the different levels and sequences can be a little bit overlong and the first quarter of the game can be can probably especially suffers from that um another part of the repetitive repetitiveness from the first game was the scenes with the infected can be a little repetitive fighting those zombies can be a little repetitive and in this one it's kind of the same there are some really great set pieces surrounding the affected one which comes pretty early on in the game and leads to a major plot point, which I will, again, address without spoiling it. What I will say is this, and most of you who have played the game probably understand what I'm talking about. There's a character who goes through a significant challenge, we'll call it, very early on in the game. And a lot of people are stating that this character would never allow themselves into that situation. I rebut that by saying, and again, without trying to spoil this too much, the character's been through a lot. Make sure, make sure you don't accidentally spoil the first game either. Yeah, I won't spoil the first game at all. I promise you that I'm not going to spoil the ending for you there. But the character has been through a lot in the intervening years. One of the things that's happened for, for them is that they've developed a, a greater level of trust for their companions. And it was like, can I ask a question? Yes. How how far along? How um? What's the time frame between the two, the two games? Do they do they make mention of you know the? They do. Oh, they do. Yes, okay. They, they do. They do. So between the ending of the Last of Us One and this game, about five years have passed. Okay. Um, I think about it's been about seven years since the two games were separated and released. So that's actually kind of semi real time. But so there's a lot of issues that some characters say that that this particular character wouldn't be so trusting, we'll call it. But this character is now part of a community. They're not a leader. And what this community does is they actually recruit people. They bring people into their community. So the actions of this character in this very important sequence in the first couple of hours, to me, makes sense because he's not the only one making those decisions that lead to this big plot point. We'll put it that way, all right? Um, the graphics on this game, I think that that's something that's been generally agreed upon, whether you like the game or not, the graphics are amazing. Graphics are absolutely amazing. And I I don't want to complain or, or bring down any other recent game, but you know, I've been playing also alongside this game. I've been playing final fantasy remake, which has beautiful graphics as well. It's a different style of graphics, but the level of detail in the light in the environments, the character animations, um, just the character animations for combat, the character animations for dialogue, the character faces. There's a, there's a part in this game where a character, one of the characters, and this you know, there's a lot of things that happen to a lot of characters, but one of the characters is is actually hanging, and I won't say what happens, but their face starts to turn red. It's details like that that make the graphics in this game just utterly incredible like well, on a new la- level you know the last of us as a as a style of game is you know it's more of a film really you know yes. so it's it's definitely you know 
more rooted in realism. I think the environments, though, are where, where it stands out to me, though, because the environments are something that a game rooted in realism or not can make stand out. And certainly the environments in, in every other PlayStation game I played, there are some beautiful ones. Well, none but this, this one, like, yeah, this one, like the photo mode is something that I actually want to explore because it's so beautiful, the graphics in this game. Um, with like one of the things that I really enjoy about the combat, especially when you when you fight against human characters, because again, without spoiling it, there's factions that are involved in the conflict in this game. Fighting some of the human characters, especially the scars, won't tell you who they are, won't tell you what they're about, won't tell won't tell you how you interact with them. Fighting the scars in this game is utterly terrifying. It's tense, it's action packed, and the, the great part about this game that you don't really see in the first game is that if you're really good at it and you're really smart about it, and I want to play this game on a higher difficulty to see if I can do it, like you can, you can switch from being the hunted to the hunter real fast if, you, if you're smart about how you deal with conflicts in this game, which I absolutely love because you feel like a total badass at certain points when you're taking out entire crews and not a single one of them notices you. And the AI can be wonky at times. But I think that's a suffering for most any game, especially games that involve stealth, because you can't actually make the AI perfect. You would never beat the game. So I think that's a, a fair point. But also, it's it's something you have to balance in a video game, in gameplay, because if, if these characters were as aware as real human characters, you'd be dead in seconds. So... Yeah. I have, a, I, have, I have one question that's uh, kind of be it's a little bit of a gripe, I guess, that I have on um, the first the first game that I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest gripe with uh, Last of Us one, I guess, is I sometimes I feel lost where I don't have like any direction. Like maybe I missed a comment that he might have said, like, oh, we need to go to this laboratory and if i didn't like hear him or understand them or pay attention to it after he says it one time like that's it like i don't have any other indicators of where mm-hmm. i'm supposed to be going is that still kind of the way that it is is it meant to be where you have to try to discover it on your own until you wait long enough to to then get a hint or well that actually brings me to one point that i wasn't going to mention but i'll mention it very quickly in passing um the settings especially the accessibility settings in this game apparent like let, let me put it to you this way. There was a, a very popular YouTube and Twitter streamer who is actually legally blind. When he saw some of the accessibility settings in this game, he cried because they, they oh, yeah. give you such a wealth of accessibility settings that people who are legally blind can play this game. They tell you, like, they have voiceover that can tell you where items are. They have auto pickup on items. They have a way to, to your character will auto aim to a certain extent or the camera will line up and automatically line up with the direction your character is moving. You can create high contrast. So the characters are really red or really blue. Um, Like I can't even describe all the accessibility settings in detail without going into it for a little while, but apparently this is the new standard for accessibility settings. But to your point, Wolfie, one thing that they do, and they do this a little bit less in the first game, but you can actually set this to however you would want it to be. They give you in-game hints, but it's really well how the, it's really well done how they do it. Because if you're traveling with another character and you're stumped, the other character will say, "Why don't we try this?" And then a little checkpoint will show up where you're supposed to go. Right, so it's and, a, they, and and they do that in the first one. It's just I feel like they don't do it quickly enough or enough in general. Like it's sometimes I remember mm-hmm. being in this building in the hotel where um, 
you know, for whatever reason, I, 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 I just, I kept going room after room, level after level. And it just, I had no hint un- until like about 10, 15 minutes. Ellie finally said like, Hey, there's a ladder over here. Why don't you try that? You know, but that's like a whole 10 minutes of me, like frustratingly looking for some sort of hint of where I'm supposed to be going. And, you know, sometimes like, you know, again, maybe I'm just trying to rush through the game so I can play through the, the, the mm-hmm. second one, but it can mm-hmm. be a little frustrating sometimes. And I was just wondering if like, uh, it's, uh, if, if that's, if they've improved that in any way, just because I'm the type of person that when I want to play a game, for the story, I, I don't have as much as I wish I did have the time. I don't yeah. have the time to, you know, spend in total, let's say, a couple hours just meandering about hoping I figure out where I'm supposed to be going. Yeah. In this game, it's it's much quicker, the hints. And not only that, what I like is you can turn them off entirely. You can have like a mid middle ground where they sometimes kind of remind you where to go. And even when you're traveling alone the character that you're playing as will eventually like speak to themselves essentially and have a, that, that monologue and say like, Oh, maybe I should try this or you can have it happen all the time. So you can kind of set the sensitivity as it were. And it's definitely not as long as it was in the first game. That's for sure. Because it's only, I think if I've ever been stumped, I've only maybe wandered around for a minute or two before the character's like, yo, what the heck are you doing? Go this way (laughs) or try this. So that's definitely much improved. It's definitely much improved in that way. Um, and I understand that gripe too, because I got lost in the first game also, and I do get lost in this game occasionally, but I, it's not as frequent. And the, the environments are, some of the environments are much bigger. There's actually an environment that's kind of an open world environment early in the game that again, might be a little overlong and could have been done better, but for what it is, it kind of shows what this type of game can be as a more open world experience. If they ever decide to make a third one, which we'll see, we'll see. Um, so very quickly, very, very quickly, I want to address one other thing in the leaks. I did address one of the other ones, like I said earlier, where people questions a ca- questioned a character's motivations. Um, so the, the leak, actually, there was an issue with, uh, let's call it SJW agendas in this game. And that kind of infuriates me because... I don't know if you picked up it up on it or not while playing the first game, but I did before I even got to the Left Behind, which is the DLC where they make this clear. Ellie's a lesbian. Ellie likes girls, and in this game, people make a big deal out of it. I'm like, did you not play the first game? Did you not Thanks. play the first game's DLC? Thank you. But it's not a big plot point. It's not a big plot it's point. It's still at a all. spoiler. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> it is a spoiler. I, I mean, I figured that out in the first few hours of the first game. Yeah. How? How could you figure it out in the first few hours? Because of the way she interacts with other characters. You see that she's not interested. And then she she mentions a character. That's not that's necessarily female. true because in the character, um, what's the, uh, the the black kid? Um, oh, name? Uh, Sam. Sam. The little kid. Like mm-hmm. there, there, there was like a little something there, it felt like. Like not just friends. I have to redefine what spoilers are because... <laughs> Well, clearly, I mean, information that you don't I, I get unless you play the game—that's spoilers. I, I thought she felt more pity for him than than anything else. I think I think towards the end, but in the beginning, mm-hmm. like their first interaction, they were like, you know, they 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 ran off together and stuff like that, and they were, you know, kind of, you know, interacting together. That's all. I mean, clearly, like at the very <laughs> end of everything, you understand that, but like it can be perceived as something else. Okay. Okay. So. 
That was a spoiler then, and I apologize for that, but I, I have to say I'm kind of furious about that. It's like you're really going to make that a reason why you're going to give this game a zero and review bomb it? Yeah, no, that's stupid. Yeah, that's, there should that's, be that's absolutely no reason. We yeah. live in right now, Jose. Awesome. I, mean, I mean, it's unfortunate, but that's that, that's just the way it is. People, that's what happens. You know, people have agendas when, the, when, they're, when they're looking at things, you know what I'm saying? And if it doesn't fit in their worldview, <laughs> they automatically just piss all over it. You know, it's that's ludicrous be- because they're the ones with agendas to me. They're the they're the ones with agendas that are sh- shooting down real life. Like oh, people, this is who people are. People have different sexuality and different gender. It, it's it's the whole it, argument whether I, I don't need politics in my sports. It's the same thing, you know. It's just yeah. people people nowadays they're so hyper hypersensitive, you know, and or or whatever whatever you want to call it that. If it doesn't fit into an, it, their agenda, they don't have the open-mindedness to say, hey, you know what? Um, let me just look at it for what it is. I'm just going to trash on it because I just don't think that it's, you know, it doesn't fit my my whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to see that kind of thing. It's like, these are people. People are not politics. And that's, I think, what kind of infuriates me about that. Like, there are people, you know, everybody who says this probably knows somebody like that. And and to know somebody who is gay or whatever it is, and it's not an agenda to me because when you see that in a movie and it's two straight characters, nobody bats an eye about it. So, but I don't want to get into that too much because then we're going to get into too much spoiler territory because I'm going to get upset. <laughs> the only other thing that I'll address very quickly is there's there's also like a discussion in this game about how badass the new characters are compared to say some characters from the old game. It's the second game. Of course, they have to be able to do cooler stuff. Why would you want to be? Why would you want to do the same things that you did in the first game with no new controls, no new gameplay, no new weapons, no new mechanics? When the when the problem with the first game that even people who loved it had was that it's repetitive. To me, that's another stupid point for years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's new mechanics that actually make the game so much more fun and so much more exciting. And maybe if, you know, they had switched roles, then the character that you want to be the more badass character would be the more badass character. But it's not the sequel. The sequel has to be better. So to me, that's a ridiculous gripe. And there was there was a slander of a certain character who people like, why is this character so badass? This whole story is about revenge. And when you understand what that character is trying to get revenge for, if you don't think that that character would become the most badass human being on earth, you are delusional. <laughs> like if I had to exact the type of revenge that one of these characters felt the need to exact, I would be freaking Batman, Superman, The Flash, Hulk Hogan, The Ultimate Warrior, like every single badass superhero and character you've ever known. And to me, that's another ridiculous gripe. But let me, let me, you know, let me narrow it down from any type of spoiler territory. Graphics, amazing. Gameplay is amazing. I love the story so far. I know that some people are having gripes with the end. I already know what the end is. And I also, so far, agree with the ending. I agree with, with the outcome of the game. If you watch the game, you watch the flashbacks, you look at the story you'll understand why it ends the way that it does. Um, it can be a little overlong. It still has some instances where it can be repetitive. But as an overall game, it's, it's to me, almost as perfect as a video game can get. You know that the first one is one of my favorite games of all time. 
This one is better to me, so it's also one of my favorite games of all time. I'm not going to give it a perfect score, but if I were to give it a score, I would say it's a 9.5 out of 10. I think it's a fantastic game. I think anybody who's a fan of the first game and is open-minded about the story and not going to shout about SJWs and all this other nonsense like people did for The Last Jedi or certain other properties, if you're not going to shout that down and you're going to let the story evolve the way that it should and you watch each story beat and you understand why each story beat is in this game, you will love it. That's the way that I feel. So I give the game a 9.5 out of 10, and that's my spoiler re- free review of The Last of Us 2. Nine and a half out of ten before finishing it. Wow. Before finishing it. And okay. you know, I may revise that. I may revise that. But I'm I'm actually pretty close to the end of the game. I think about five hours or so. I played about 20 hours. So I'm getting real close. And so far, every time that I get to a new sequence or a new scene or a new set piece, I'm blown away all over again. And I think that's the so, mark of a good game. Just just one quick quick thing before we get into the next thing. Um one of the other the other things that I've been seeing within the reviews is the level of violence that's in this, this game. Um, and, and listen, the first one wasn't, wasn't, you know, anything, anything soft either, because, you know, I'm, I'm 13 hours into the game. I've already murdered like 376 people. <laughs> yeah. If you do the math, I'm killing people at two minutes, a clip, you know what yeah. I'm saying? The first yeah. one is pretty, pretty bloody but they said the the level of violence in this one is just even more extreme um, yes it is yeah okay so you know <laughs> I, just, I, I wanted to bring that out because you know that that is probably the thing that i've seen the most in terms of you know when people are reviewing it they say it's a really really good game but damn these you know there's there's so much violence like you know and it's it's over the top violence and and sometimes Again, some of the things that I've read is that it's violence for the sake of violence, you know, where there are there are issues where like a, a character is doing absolutely nothing. But because you got to get past that character, you just straight up murder them. You know, I mean, I'm not uncomfortable with it. Maybe there's something wrong with me, but they wrote the game and with 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 very high levels of realistic violence. I don't think it's over the top. It's very realistic, actually. I, they okay, wrote well, that yeah. in mind so that you could feel the impact of the violence that you're putting on other people as well as they have dogs in the game. And a lot of people like didn't like they killed every human in the game, no problem. And they couldn't kill a single dog. And I kind of feel the same way too. I try to avoid killing the dogs when they show up, but they're a pain in the ass and they can smell you. So sometimes like you kind of have to, but to give you an idea, like we've already discussed when you cut somebody's throat in this game, they, they, they slice forward to completely remove their throat. It's crazy. You can, did send you guys that article, which you know they they said that they actually viewed um, videos on how to kill people to make it as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. I can just imagine the the amount of psychiatric psychiatric bills that those developers had to go through <laughs> to get through that stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, if a dog kills you, it bites your face off. You can blow somebody's face off with a weapon. You can blow up their legs with a shotgun. Like it's, it's very violent. It's insanely violent, but that was the point of the game. And some people think it's hypocritical because it's a video game and the whole point is to kill people, (laughs) but I think it's effective. And it's also part of the story. It's also why the game ends and progresses the way that it does. Well, um, I I sent you an article about, about how, and it's a, it's a really good article. I, I, I really think you should read it. Um, it's by Polygon and it's by Chris Plant. And um, he talks about violence and 
how this genre has, um, you know, jumped on, you know, and, and progressed since then. But that's a topic for a whole nother episode. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, when we've all played it, we can have a spoiler discussion, perhaps, if you guys really yeah, feel yeah, yeah. that it's worth it. No doubt. Definitely. All right. So uh, that's, like I said, that's our spoiler review of of The Last of Us uh, Part 2. Go play it. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But give it a chance. Don't just listen to the leaks and don't play two hours and, and review bomb it. And that's that's my opinion on that. So going from a person who, going from a, a game that actually murders everybody to a character <laughs> that really doesn't like to use guns at all. Yes. Did indeed. you like that segue? I love that segue, actually. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought of that. I wouldn't have thought of that at all. There you go. You know? All right. Depends, Michael, depends on which one. Back, bro. Michael, Michael Keaton returns. That, we don't, not, not confirmed yet. It's, it's not confirmed no. yet. Not yes. yet. And we don't even know if he's going to don the, the cowl either. So I have uh, some theories well, about that. But, uh, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about the news? Yeah, the report does say that he, he will be um putting on the cape it's a very specific report it's a report that was put out um earlier this week by the hollywood reporter and okay um it's stuff that that it i'm not gonna say it came out of left field and stuff but um it was definitely interesting when it when it dropped and you know the internet went crazy over it so the, the report itself was that michael keaton is in talks with um you know, Warner Brothers and the director of the Flash movie. Uh, I forget what his first name is, but his didn't they his go name through? Was, what was that? A different director? Didn't they? Didn't they change directors? Initially yeah, it's Meri. It's the the director from the It franchise that's doing the Flash the Flash movie. Um, oh, the Muschetti, I think, right? he, He's having the discussion with Warner Brothers because they kind of own the company and stuff. So you know, they're the ones that are going to pay him. Uh, and so the the report has him coming back to don the cowl as Batman in the Flash movie, which they're speculating that is really Flashpoint. Now, the interesting thing is that before this news dropped, there was a report, there was rumors going around that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was also in talks to play Thomas Wayne in the same movie. Uh-huh. Um, Okay. Those talks kind of stopped hard, you know, with a hard yeah. stop as soon as everybody started hearing, you know, these other this other news of Michael Keaton. Um, and so the way it seems like it, the way the report framed it is that he's not going to be playing Thomas Wayne. Um, the report today was that Thomas Wayne is not even in the script for Flashpoint and that he would play Bruce what? Wayne in sort of a Nick Fury type role where he's kind of the guy manipulating things behind the scenes and 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 putting the group together and things of that nature. So I find the news very interesting, but it does open up a lot of interesting possibilities for the character and the universe itself going forward. Interesting, because that was going to be my theory, honestly. I didn't get a chance to read all the details on the report, but I was thinking that he would he would make a perfect Thomas Wayne for this movie. I mean, they don't have a Martha Wayne that can kind of play the other role, and we'll talk about it in a moment when we get that, into that, that'd be, that'd be That'd be a little bit 
I don't know. That would be weird. That would that because... would be weird because we know him as Batman and we know him as one of the best Batman of all the Batmans. So that have played. So he's 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 that iconic that putting him in a different role other than Bruce Wayne would be I don't know, uncomfortable. And and just having Michael Keaton come back is kind of a risky move because if you think about it, you know, a lot of those older Batman movies weren't well received, you know, especially after he left the role. Um, he was actually, he's actually listed as one of the best Batman on film. So, you know, if you don't treat him and his role in with the respect that it needs, you kind of, you kind of run yourself into one of these things where you might tarnish what came before by putting Mm -hmm. him in and kind of pigeonholing him into this movie, which I hate to say Warner Brothers is kind of famous for. I, I think that for me, it's it would be okay for him to play a Thomas Wayne character, even though it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Simply because of the fact that this movie, the entire the entire story behind Flashpoint exists in a multiverse. Um, I guess break to break it down very, 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 very simply, and we'll get into it in more detail. The, the story of Flashpoint, it's more it's obviously centered around the Flash, but it involves the entire DCEU, which might, it might be an interesting movie. It might almost be like Justice League 2, in a sense, if you think about the story. Because for those that know, the background of Barry Allen's Flash is that Reverse Flash kills Barry Allen, the Flash's mother, when Barry Allen is very young. Wait, wait, hold on. Are, are we going into like a basically a crash course of flashpoint very very simple I, this won't take okay. more than a couple of minutes because i would love um, to hear i would love to hear from uh from aj he can he can definitely expand upon it but AJ the, is definitely the, the, the the subject matter expert here on that you know yeah you can you can definitely expand upon it aj like i said this will be super super simple he goes so so his mother is murdered in his original origin story by Reverse Flash, who's his his biggest arch nemesis, and in Flashpoint, essentially, and this was this was touched upon in the Flash TV series. I haven't gotten to the end, but they did a somewhat watered down version of the story that didn't involve any other DC superheroes. But yeah. Barry Allen, when he's the Flash, he decides to go back in time and save his mother. But what that does is it it destroys the DC universe essentially. Um, yeah. Instead of don't forget the father also, because the father is framed for the murder, and he goes away, um, and he's j- incarcerated basically. For right, right. The I'm trying to get of- to the. I'm trying to get to yeah, yeah, Flashpoint. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to go to Barry Allen's Barry Allen's backstory. That's something that maybe AJ could elaborate on if if he'd yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just trying to stick to Flashpoint. And so what he does that basically the DC universe goes into disarray. Bruce Wayne gets murdered instead of his parents. Thomas Wayne becomes Batman. Martha Wayne becomes the Joker in this in this continuity. Uh, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are at war, and they're mm-hmm. like killing everybody on Earth basically that gets in their way. Um, and you know, there's a lot of like I said, there's a lot of other details, but that's the basic story behind it that it looks like they might be leaning towards, and that's why I thought maybe Bruce or excuse me, Michael Keaton could play a Thomas Wayne role, but obviously and. All adaptations in DC, they've made some changes too, and him just being an older Batman is certainly something that that they could do, and certainly somewhere that they can go with the character. I don't know quite how well I I don't know how I feel about that because 
Mm-hmm. We already have a, a we already have a Thomas Wayne, you know, and it, at least for me, it'd be a little jarring if one minute he's this one guy and then the next minute mm-hmm. oh, someone else. Well, it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan in the in the recent movies. In the Joker, it was a different it was a different actor. Wait, what? I mean. Well, it was uh, it was Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in um, yeah, but the Joker. Joker, that's I not mainstream continuity. That no, I understand, but but that's why I think Walt mentioned Jeffrey Dean Morgan was in talks to play the role of Thomas Wayne in this movie because he's already played Thomas Wayne in the DCEU in the mm-hmm. flashbacks in Batman versus Superman. I think was when they did yep. his flashback again, his origin. Yep. yep, it was him, and it was uh, I can't remember the actress's Laura, name, Laura Maggie Laura. from The Walking Dead. Lauren, Lauren Cohan. So there's been there's been talks for both of them to play those roles if Flashpoint was ever made, which is what this movie has been what has been supposed to be for some time. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know. The, the, it seems like a, a strange place to go for the first Flash movie, but I, I also mean, would love to see. Aquaman and Wonder Woman and all of these other characters get involved in this. Like I said, it basically becomes another Justice League movie. The only problem I see with this is that, well, it's not really a problem. It's just that it's going to take a little bit to see Aquaman go from, hey, dude, want to go get a beer down at the pub to, Mm -hmm. all right, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Let's flood this city. (laughs) I think that's a bigger problem with the the Warner Brothers iteration of of these DC movies is because from the get-go, they've always been one step behind with the MCU, and they've always been trying to catch up. And to your point, Jose, to have Flashpoint be the first Flash movie is, Mm -hmm. is a little jarring because, you know, I've always thought that, um, you know, the the Justice League movie, the Batman versus Superman movie, they were rushed, and you know you mm-hmm. see you see all the implications behind it. You know that we we didn't get time to really connect with Ben Affleck's Batman, even though he did an amazing job in those movies. But I would have liked to have seen a Batman movie before we jumped into you know jumbling all together. And again, we're doing the same thing now with Flash and Flashpoint. You know, you're not giving us enough time to get to know the characters before you're jumping into this major. And listen, Flashpoint is a huge DC storyline. This is one of mm-hmm. the seminal storylines in the DC comic universe. Yep. And to have that be the first one, it it, it just seems again you're kind of reliving the mistakes that you you've done in the past and whatnot. You know. Yeah, I would I would like to elaborate on that because I feel yeah. like. This movie, just like Walt said, was too early to come out um, because we haven't had that much background context for, like, the other characters. So they're not really building, like, a strong story before they get into the main the main, main movies. And um, you still have the Snyder Cut coming out, which I feel... Is it before or after? It's going to be... Uh... The, the last oh, yeah. I heard about the Snyder Cut, it's coming out on HBO either early to mid-2021. So we're not we're not that far away from it. We're mm. probably about a year or less before we get that. And The Flash, they haven't even started production on it yet. So Yeah. So, right. Uh, okay. 
You were going to say something? Yeah, no, I, I was actually going to kind of agree with you because if you think about how this is going to work, there's a couple of slight issues, and I want to know your guys' opinion on this, AJ, Eli, Wolfie, Walt. First of all, like, we all kind of semi-agree on this. Like, if you're going to put this much in the first Flash movie, we don't we don't have his origin story, which, again, that's something that you don't necessarily need to throw in every comic book movie these days. But we do have to kind of establish what the heck the Flash has been doing since Justice League. So that's going to take some time to establish. And, and then the Flash, the Flash isn't ahead, yeah. a, a notable character as some of the other some of these other origin stories are, you know, everybody knows about Spidey. Everybody knows about Batman. Everybody knows about Superman. But the Flash is kind of like that secondary or tertiary character that maybe a lot of people don't know the origin of that, of, of his character, you know? And that's why, that's why I think that it, it, sh- it should be necessary to give him. I mean, the reason that people don't know him is because nobody's told him about him. And um, I think that uh, DC might be kind of realizing that, which is why they're trying to make Flash the first film in the new set of, you know, the DCU movies and stuff. Um, because... You know, tried and true Batman and Superman, they're kind of, they're the old guard, you know, and they need someone that's young. And the Flash, for better or worse, is their young, new, hip character, you know, the one mm-hmm. that, like, uh, the millennials are going to, going to relate with, similar to uh, Spider-Man and so on. So, but I, th- I, I fear that they're going to repeat the same mistakes that they made with, you know, BVS and Justice League, which is cram too much in one mm-hmm. film to try to catch up you know if they're I, I i don't know i don't know anything about flashpoint um really to be honest with you it's still very confusing to me but mm-hmm. imagine imagine trying to cram you know all these confusing things especially when you have to, when you deal with time with uh with with uh time travel and then the consequences of time travel Uh that's complicated enough to launch a new uh chapter in the dceu uh multiverse and the whole nine whatever it is um not multiverse but the 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 new universe of films i think that this is going to be this is going to end up being too much and it's going to be too sloppily done i i have that fear just because they don't have the best track record so and i mean you can go ahead eli go ahead oh okay um, the one thing I'm really afraid of, which I know might not happen considering we have a new di- director who might take it a little bit slower, but a lot of the other movies, since they were rushed, maybe this one might be rushed. I, I, don't, I don't honestly know, but I, I hope not because if, if this movie fails, I, don't, I think <sighs> who knows what could happen. It's probably going to be a lot of damage to the DC DCU, considering they haven't really had any good movies since when? Their no. first well, they had Man of Steel and like Wonder Woman and all. And you had Aquaman. Oh, Aquaman was pretty good. Aquaman was actually good. And yeah. You had Shazam, which was pretty fun movie. Yeah, but, but yeah. But to be fair, none of them were standout. There's no, there's no Black Panther. There's no, you know, uh, Winter Soldier. There's no. Yeah, I think Wonder there's Woman. There's no movie on that level. Yeah, you know, you know that kind of brings up a point for me too. Like Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. I can't remember which one it's it is. But she plays, I believe it's, it's Gadot. Gadot. Yeah. yeah, she. So Gal Gadot plays a good Wonder Woman, but she's got to be evil 
in this movie because Wonder Woman is freaking evil in Flashpoint. Can Gal Gadot really pull off? Like she's like kind of cute and nice and talking about love in, in the Wonder Woman movie and like she's supposed to be kind of innocent and naive. How are we going to turn Gal Gadot into this vicious evil warlord that's like decapitating people and murdering people and fighting this massive war that's killing millions of people in in this movie and do that like on a dime? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, really? I'm not taking it away from her as an actress, but I haven't seen her in anything where she plays like an evil, sadistic character. Huh. So I'm kind of wondering if they can pull that off. I think they can. I mean, if, if she, if she's yeah. a pretty good actor, actress or actor, sorry. Um, and, you know, it's not that hard to pull it off for women, especially because they have something that that I think a lot of guys have trouble pulling off, which is sass. You know, she gives a little bit of sass and she gives like uh, that evil eye and. It's, 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 you know, every man will cower to that. So, um, at least I feel like it. So, I mean, there's a difference between sass and like villainous murder, but I guess I mean, we'll, we'll see, you know, I don't want to take it away from her as an actor. Like you said, she is a good actor. I just haven't seen her pull that off yet. And sometimes good actors can't go, they can't be good and they can't, they can't pull off dark characters quite as well. They have a wheelhouse. They have something that they excel at. So, to, you know, I am a little worried about that. And the other thing that I am kind of worried about, too, is so now you have this continuity where you have Robert Pattinson, Batman. You've had Ben Affleck, Batman. You're possibly bringing Michael Keaton back as Batman. There's a Thomas Wayne in this storyline that plays Batman. So you yeah. basically have to juggle four Batmans in recent movies. I, I, I guess that's the reason why you're doing Flashpoint. But then, you know... Just think of it this way, then. Also, you know, you have all these Batmans that are that are kind of lurking in the periphery. You know, you have so now um, is is George Clooney canon? Is Val Kilmer canon? I mean, you know, you have all these Batmans, but the thing about it is that the only character that's going to make a substantial change in the Flashpoint, as we know it from now, would be just Batman because. You're expecting Gal Gadot to continue on as Wonder Woman. Um, Flash, you know, Ezra Miller is going to be Flash, uh, or yep. well, at least that we know of right now, pending any <laughs> legal issues that he has. You know, right? Um, There's Henry that too. Cavill, yeah, <laughs> Henry Cavill just said he he's he was willing, ready, and able to continue playing Clark Kent and Superman. You know, which kind of debunks all the other rumors beforehand where he was leaving and, you know, he didn't want to be super any, Superman anymore. He just Wait. recently came out and said, I will be Superman because I feel that there are still more stories I got to tell. I'll be Superman until they kick me out. You know, basically is, is he, what is, he said. Is he going to be so, a scrawny wimp in Flashpoint? Because if you remember yeah. the story, they have yeah. Superman locked away for decades in the Flashpoint well, story. Listen, and he's, listen, he's still listen, powerful. Remember, you have that great, you have that great Jason, Jason Momoa Super Bowl commercial where you know he sheds all his muscles and he's really a, a skinny guy. So they they can do if they can do that to him, they could do it to Cavill. You know what I mean? That's, that's one of the greatest commercials of all time. I love that commercial. You know what I'm saying? But you know, getting back to to the point, no other character is changing, and like Jose said, just in you know recent memory, we're gonna have at the very least three different iterations of Batman. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
So how does that work? You know? You know, I, I did want to say, and I'm not as huge a fan of this animated show, but this, the idea that people had that, that I don't know, it could, still, it could still come to fruition. But I feel like the perfect way to bring Michael Keaton back to the DC universe was not this. The perfect way to bring him back and to, to create almost a brand new property that hasn't been, I mean, it was super popular, Bring back Batman Beyond. Have him play yeah. old Batman. Have the young Batman character in the future with a really cool, like, high-tech Batman suit and have him be the way he's supposed to be, which maybe it will be because they're saying he's going to be like a Nick Fury-style mentor, which he was in Batman Beyond. He was the mentor to, uh, what was it, Terry Terry something? I can't remember his name. Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's what I was thinking, but I don't want to sound uninformed. I, like I said, I didn't watch that show as much as I watched Batman the Animated Series. But it's a great show. Yeah. It really, it really yeah. is. Like, I, like I have him I, come in. I, Go don't, ahead. I don't know. I honestly don't know why Batman Beyond hasn't been brought to the forefront of live action. I feel like it would be right. an awesome show to be at least on HBO Max. Yeah, like like update Batman. Instead of reiterating Batman's story over and over and over yeah, and over man. again, like... Who are we going to cast as him now? Screw it. Bring back Michael Keaton. He's old Batman. People will love that. Old fans of Batman and the Batman movies in the 80s and 90s will be blown away. And you get the, the animated fans of Batman Beyond are going to be blown away and really excited. And it brings a whole new level to the DCEU and a new timeline that you can play with that can make things far more interesting. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. There's a, there's a great commission on... Um instagram I, I just sent it to you guys um mm -hmm. and we actually had it on our feed uh, a couple of days ago by uh, a gentleman his his tag is kibar.art and it envisions michael keaton as as you know in the in the character of bruce wayne in batman beyond and you know just looking at this just gives me chills because you know yeah, like you sick. said this, this would be an awesome franchise going forward and it's a good way to update batman you know yeah yeah for people who don't want to see the same batman stories over and over again who want to see new batman villains and like an, again a new storyline a new timeline i feel like it's a natural extension that they just are taking advantage of what i will say I, you actually said something a little bit earlier wolfie about how like the story can get a little complicated you still would definitely want to watch the flashpoint animated movie because it's really good and it does find a way to bring these characters together in an hour and 21 minutes. It shows that bringing this complexity of story together is possible. But again, that's also from the perspective of some people who have watched the Flash TV show who know a little bit about the Flash comic books and know a little bit about the Flash's backstory. It's going to be a harder sell because anybody who watches the animated cartoons is already pretty much a DC fan, at least in my opinion. The movies are a little bit more broad. The movies try to bring in a greater audience, certainly people who aren't necessarily either comic book fans, Batman fans, Flash fans, or any fans of any kind. So to bring that together is going to be really difficult, and it, it's possible that this could turn into a two-and-a-half, three-hour, absolutely bloated mess because they have so many DC characters in this one. There are some characters even in it, like Green Lantern is in it. We don't have Green Lantern yeah. yet. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, you know, the, the animated film did also did have the, you know, the the help that it is part of an ongoing univ animated universe there. Absolutely. So, you know, 
a lot a lot of those characters were introduced in previous films right before they they went into Flashpoint, which again, you know, not to not to be the dead horse, but that's probably the way to go. You know, I mean, the reason why the MCU is so beloved is because they took their time with their characters, you know, and they they gave you movies beforehand introducing them and you know we we got to know these characters on a personal level before we kind of threw them all together and then what what made the avengers such a great film is because at that point we knew what the characters were and seeing the interactions between the characters that was probably one of the best parts of the film mm-hmm. you don't and have that with this, you know and at least they found a smart way if they were going to introduce characters in Avengers or other movies, like Black Panther, for instance, they found a way to smartly introduce him. Even though he didn't have his own movie yet, they found a mm-hmm. smart way to introduce him in another movie. We don't have a movie that's at least announced yet other than Wonder Woman 1984, but how much are they going to squeeze into that? We don't have another movie where we can introduce these characters, and at least in my opinion, and I don't know, actually, I'm curious to know what our, our resident super DC fan, AJ, thinks. Like, I don't know if there's a smart way to introduce these elements that need to be thrown into Flashpoint in Wonder Woman 1984 or maybe Zack Snyder's Justice League, which we did a podcast about that a few weeks ago. And AJ, you expressed a lot of reservation about that. You really didn't care about it. You really didn't want to see it. So I'm kind of curious what you think, again, as the most well-versed DC fan here. And probably, you know, Flash is not your favorite character, but as more of a Flash fan than any of us are, what, and, like, and how do you feel they can do this? AJ, you know, I think... This is what I've been waiting for. I want to hear yeah, AJ yeah. speak. He's going he's gonna to hit us up with this. But um, I think <laughs> AJ, beforehand, The Flash, before it became Flashpoint, wasn't it supposed to be a, a buddy cop movie with Cyborg originally? Oh, yeah, it was. Right? So the, I think that, that would... Kind of glad you, that's not happening. I think that if they had done that, they would have been able to set up flashpoint better because tell me how many of how many people will know offhand that if the flash runs fast enough he can break the space time barrier <laughs> yeah no and go back in time but again this is this is why we need a, we need a flash origin story but remember we did get a glimpse of that in bvs though okay no one knows how he did it true yeah no one so, nobody saw him run back into time he just was there flesh out his powers like say, hey, okay, I'm I'm not saying it's gonna be all about him and his speed, but the movie would have served as okay, so this is what I can do already. What if I pushed myself and did this? That would have been a good way to set up Flashpoint. Because you're setting up what he can do, what he can't do, what he probably can do. That would have been the better way to set up Flashpoint instead of just shoehorning it in right away. And we would get the cosmic treadmill. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a weird, a weird plot device, but you know, it, it's significant in Flash's history. You know. Yeah, I mean, the Flash's powers are—I mean, it's especially his power to travel through time, dimensions, and all that other stuff—that's something he kind of learns by accident in in the comics at first, and then in Flashpoint, he makes the conscious decision to go back in time and save his mother's life from the reverse flash. But how do you jump from that, from like that first mid, that first point where he's like, oh, I can accidentally run back in time 
too. Like I'm going to run back to the moment that my mother was killed by the reverse flash and change it. And how do you, I mean, how do you establish the reverse flash? And AJ, <laughs> it's not established you're, you're yet. A of, you're a fan of the TV show, right? And, and what's it's the big, big what's the big arc when it comes to the TV show that Barry doesn't know how to use his, his powers, but yet the villains are the ones that kind of force him to get better and better. Right. Isn't that yeah. a big part of the the TV show? It is. It's it's almost like Dragon Ball in a way. Mm-hmm. Except that Vegeta's not elaborating. Push him. He's trying to overpower him, but it's kind of the same thing. But again, yeah. I mm-hmm. the only way to do the only way they 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 messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect way to set up the. They've already screwed the pooch. I'm sorry. See, this, and the, see, this do doesn't give me any confidence. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. No. Because at least. All right. All right. How did they screw the pooch? Movie prior to even give the. You don't just say, oh, hey, look, the Flash can time travel. So he's going to do it for the very first time in this movie. Like. I mean, no, so, we obviously don't. We obviously know that he did it in Batman versus Superman, but it would have been much better storytelling if you planted the breadcrumbs in a movie prior to the Flashpoint movie. But we still have to see the Snyder cut because yeah. because uh, Zack Snyder. But that's keeps not the telling, Flash movie. No, no, no. I know, but. You, you have to remember, Snyder keeps telling all the fans, you know, everybody's saying, we're seeing too much of the movie, we're seeing too much of the movie. And he he, he basically said, F all of you guys, you haven't seen anything yet. And, and so maybe a lot of that backstory is told in the Snyder Cut. And maybe that's mm. kind of the, the failing of, ju- well, there's a lot of things that Justice <laughs> did really, really wrong. But yeah. maybe the Snyder Cut kind of, cleans all that stuff up also you know okay but that's not the <laughs> aj's really feeling here you have he's no gonna idea, explode you know? he's gonna explode let me let me go ahead huh? yeah go ahead go ahead i'm gonna ask you a question when you when you have a moment but go ahead and honestly, finish your point. to me that's like saying we're that's honestly like going from okay i want you to imagine this Mm-hmm. So the basic progression of the DCEU was Superman. Uh, God, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. It's Man of Steel. It's it was BBS. It was just. Okay. Like- so how would you feel if you saw Iron Man one and then mm-hmm. you went straight to Captain America Civil War? And had the yeah. full cast and crew that is, that of is, Civil War. That is actually a very, very good analogy right there. Yeah, I that agree. That's, yeah. I don't think even with the Snyder Cut, you should do that. Flash needs his own movie to grow. Like, to shoehorn so, it all into a grand total of a movie and a half, that's that's poor. <laughs> and, and this is one of the reasons why I'm not a fan of DC. In their comics and their animated movies, I'm just—it's just—I feel like the comics do it right. The comics do it right. I mean, the comics have had their issues. I'm not as much of a fan, but the comics do a much better job of this. 
Well, because clearly, you know, because that's well, a source material. Well, put it this way. Put it this way. The comics do such a good job of establishing backstory that it gets insane. And that's why I have to do, they have to do these reboots. So it's actually the opposite problem from the DCEU. They set nothing up. In the comics, they have 8 million different stories. And then they start to get, it starts to get too difficult to deal with plot holes and inconsistencies. So they reboot things, usually with the Flash's help, because the man can run back in time. But that kind of, that kind of relates to my, my big question for you, AJ, is, if you were like, I think we all would would agree that a Flashpoint movie would be something that we would want to see eventually, right? Yep, but not now. Right, yeah. but AJ, what do you think? No, I, I don't think we should be getting Flashpoint right now. I'm sorry. no, no. Eventually, eventually. That's my my question is, yeah, eventually. eventually. With Honestly, the we're gonna get it channel. anyway. We're gonna get it. So. Knowing that it's coming. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me let me address my question. Let me address my question to AJ because that I want to address this very specifically to him for this reason. Let me get to the to the point of it. With the proper setup, right? A flashpoint movie is something that you would you would probably want to see if they had the right setup for the flash and other characters that are gonna be in it. Is that something that is accurate for me to state that? That is accurate, yes. Okay, okay. So from what you understand from The Flash and his characters, his villains, his backstory, if you were to make a Flashpoint movie, we know how they make comic book movies these days. They, they tend to center around trilogies, right? Okay. If you were to make a Flashpoint movie, where would you fit it in the trilogy? Would it be number two or number three? Because we know it shouldn't be number one. That's pretty well established. Would you want that to be a second movie or a third movie? Honestly, it feels like a third movie. I would say so. I would agree with that. I I, I would say that it would be, it should be like, mm-hmm. yeah, in the third movie that then sets up the actual universe, you know, it should be kind of yeah. like, um, you know, almost like, uh, I guess like, well, Iron Man 3 wasn't in, how was, when did Iron Man 3 come out? See, but the thing oh, is, it's hard to compare. It's 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 hard to compare it with Marvel because they did it. They they weaved the net so so well. I know, but this that, is my ideal. I think. I think it it com- I think it compares to an Endgame. Honestly, I think it does. It does because that's Endgame that's is everything changing. Right, that's what you're thinking too, AJ. Like this should be like Flashpoint should be an Endgame level event. It should be a Justice League movie, if anything. It shouldn't even fit in the Flash trilogy because everybody's in it. Why is it a Flash movie? Well, yeah. it's it's like it's like you but you that's... talk about the animated movie no. is called Justice League Flashpoint. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But only the only problem I do have with that is that yeah. sure you have everyone in it. But it's mostly the Flash's story. Yes. So that's true. I think that to still have it as a Flash movie as part of the trilogy would be a better fit. I mean, it'd be kind of unfair, but unless you change a few of the minor details of Flashpoint, it is a Flash movie. But Maybe a better more- comparison would be to make it more like Civil War then. In a sense. Because we have to compare it to the MCU. That's the only frame of reference we have. Crisis. Wouldn't the Crisis movies be more like an Endgame? Oh, you mean the... Earths and things of that nature? Yeah. Um, That would be a real Endgame. 
if you so, practice on infinite earths. So this is like the the this movie would fit better as maybe a third movie in the Flash trilogy. That's an impetus that gets us to, again, for lack of a better term, DC's version of Infinity War and Endgame, which is really Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is which can easily be split up into a couple of movies, the same way that Marvel did it. You know, I think you're right about that because something mm-hmm. about the the Flashpoint idea on its own, because the whole idea behind Flashpoint is that this one thing that's being changed in time is basically sending cosmic waves throughout the universe, displacing things. Mm -hmm. I could very easily see it as that one thing that's the catalyst for someone like the Anti-Monitor to wake up. Mm -hmm. Because what essentially is happening with Flashpoint is that once he resets it, the whole of that reality is not completely gone, but, you know, you're wiping the slate there. And as the anti and the anti monitor, his whole deal is that he eats universes. Mm-hmm. So it would stand to reason that a whole universe disappearing would be like, huh? oh, this is a good time to wake up. Yes, yeah, one less <laughs> meal I have, right? No, not one less meal. It'd be like smelling smelling eggs being cooked in the morning. So <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this question. And, and I like just that analogy. Going into the whole idea of where a Flashpoint movie would, would fall within the DCEU that's done properly, right? Um, when, we, when we used to watch The Flash, which I, I don't want watch anymore because, um, you know, I, I just fell off on it. But the idea of The Flash being a villain, right, was really strong. You know, it was like a strong undercurrent throughout the, uh, the show, right? It kind of Because, was. you know... Here you have Flash, and and Flash is resetting time multiple times. Really, if you, if you think about it, for selfish reasons, right? You know, it, it's all about him. It's all about him trying to save his mom, which is is a is a good notion, but it, it's not good when you're screwing up, you know, various lives. And I think in in the show, um, one of the one of the things was that Diggle lost his daughter. Yeah. No, his son became a daughter. His son became a daughter, and, oh. and, and then there was a lot of things that happened that kind of framed him as a villain. And so maybe, you know, a way of doing it is that you have the Flashpoint happening somewhere within the middle of this grand scheme, this grand story, and the crisis on Infinite Earths is almost kind of like a resetting of, of everything that Flash done screwed up, you know? In a sense, that, that would be... That's not, yeah, that, that's kind of in a realm of possibility, yeah. That brings me to a, another point, actually. And I, I haven't gotten this far in the Flash TV series, but I do know a little bit about what's transpired in, in, the, in the last season and in the big crossover events. Does this mean we're going to see Grant Gustin in there somehow? I don't know. Would that be that that doesn't fit into the storyline, but the way that they're kind of setting things up and the way they kind of shoehorn certain things into the storylines in both the TV shows and the fact that they're kind of bringing this movie out so quickly, I almost feel like they might make the the mistake of adding Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash on the TV show, into this somehow to further complicate things. Well, they've done the reverse already. Yeah, yeah, he was on the TV show. Kind of ironic if that Flash pops in because 
when fl- when Grant Gustin's Flash met with Ezra Miller's Flash, it was during the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind yeah. of ironic if that very same Flash showed up at the very same circumstance in another <laughs> in another. <country. laughs> <laughs> and, and, and see, here's my issue with having two Barry Allens. And, and you know, I, I've always thought that this was a missed opportunity for them because mm-hmm. um, Grant Gustin, everybody knows him as, as Barry Allen and everybody He's loves good. him. Why couldn't, why couldn't Ezra Miller's character be Wally, Wally West? There, there yes. was no reason why he couldn't be that. Then that way you can have two yes. classes in one universe. Or who's the original Flash? Not Wally West. Um, oh Lord, somebody help me out here. The original Flash from from the Silver Age. Oh yes, I yeah. know who you're talking um, about. That's what's um, his name? Oh Lord, <laughs> I should know this one, and I feel like kind of an idiot that I don't remember. Yes, he was. Uh, what the heck is his name? John yeah, he was in it also. It was the guy who played Flash in the TV show from back in the days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you couldn't do that anyway because of the environment and the setting that. You know, we've already seen Ezra Miller. So yeah, exactly. That's why it's kind of a, a, a failure of planning. Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick. Yes. You have and a that guy was a, that you was cool. out there. You know what I mean? Well, you didn't. There really is a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You didn't have to. Have you know, honestly, Barry honestly, Allen. I feel like I feel like the Flash is the wrong way to go. I think what they should have done was just instead of like trying to create the universe all over again right from their first movie. They should have just kept doing what they were doing with, you know, with Wonder Woman, with uh, um, Aquaman and, and Shazam. Just release standalone movies that don't have anything to do with the with the universe yet, you know? Um, and then, you know, try to work it in, in, in the follow-up films. Because when, when Iron Man came out and when Captain America came out, they had no idea that the MCU was going to be where it was. They wanted to first test the waters and see how you know, how, how it would uh, work. So they didn't want to do too much setup for the future films in case it didn't work, in case there wasn't a good reception. But, like, for example, what they did with JLA and BVS, they did all this setup that wasn't um, well-received, and now they have to abandon it. But then, like, creating a new universe, now it just, it, it just it, none of it really makes sense, you know? Um, I feel like if they had just done you know, a regular Flash movie origin story, a Green Lantern origin story, mm-hmm. set these people up, especially right now. Right now would have been the perfect time for them to do this because the MCU is dormant. Take this time to, to, to catch up yes. with all your setup films mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to get be one step ahead of MCU, but then having this mush of a film that it seems like it's going to come out personally. I don't know, man. I have, I have, I have biases against DC already, but you know, uh, leave DC alone, dude. DC's good. <laughs> you know? Not from AJ's standpoint. DC animated is sick. Well, the DCEU, I guess. Sorry, I, I, I am specifically talking about the DCEU. I will say that a lot of the animated films are very, very good. I think that the DC animated films are much better than the Marvel animated films, in my opinion. I would agree. Um, yep, that's but true. Nobody's nobody's buying tickets to see the animated movies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> nobody's. They're not summer blockbusters. We're not. You know, I don't know. They do well for their medium for you know DVD, Blu-ray. Yeah, they do. They releases, do. But, but like, that's not the same thing. But see, the the DC animated films are for the ones that are already DC nerds. And yes, fans. What about the rest of the people? How like I'm not going to be able to talk to my sister about you know the Flash. 
you know, if it's like this. I can talk to her about Iron Man. She doesn't know crap about comics and stuff like that, but she knows Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, you have to explain the flash there. You have to be like, okay, so it's Barry <laughs> Allen, it's Wally West, it's Jay Garrick. He can go back his t- in time. His mom died, but he brought her back to life. He also has these powers where he can, like, vibrate reality. Like, the flash is so much more complicated. Almost and because of power. Flashes, you know? Yes, then there's reverse flash and, like... You know, I'm not even going to get started on how many different speed users there are. Who's kind of new? Godspeed, Savitar. (laughs) (laughs) Too many. Flash is complicated, man. That's why he gets to reboot the DC universe. Start with Flash, boy. I know. Yeah, and um, to to make to make that point more clear, the MCU took a decade to come to its endgame. Flash. It's like there's a huge difference between a decade and like a couple of years. And it took what twenty movies, Again. whereas in DCU we have six, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it's funny because this this conversation really started about Michael Keaton, and we've gone like off the rails with the DCEU. I love the idea, but it almost seems like they're going to waste the They're off trying minute. to force yeah. it, man. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid that the legacy of Michael Keaton's Batman is going to get messed up yeah. when you bring him into the DCEU. That's that's kind of my biggest fear with bringing Michael Keaton <laughs> into the you know, because... I, I, you know what? Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean no, to no, no. off, but Please, I, I was going to say that, like... I don't. I actually don't think that that'll be the case because he's going to be playing kind of a background character. I bet. I don't think that he's going to be the main focus of anything. So anything that they do happen, Michael Keaton has the uh, the luxury of being like, ah, you know, well, that wasn't my movie. You know, I just yeah, did but, a cameo. Yeah, but for the ne- for the new generation, that's all they're going to see him as a background character, nothing more. Yeah, he's that's true with that. Eli you know. puts it well because you are the youngest of us and you have seen those movies, I would imagine, with Michael Keaton. That's true, but what self-respecting parents going to allow you to watch a new DC movie and not let you and not not put you onto the Tim Burton? Uh, you know, that is here. also a good point. <laughs> actually, you know what? Actually, Eli has to catch up because he has not seen the Michael no. Keaton movies. Oh what? my god! You just, we, you, have, we have them in our in our bullpen. But he he hasn't gotten around to him yet. I think so. Wolfie just kind of like gave you a backwards insult then because he was like, "You have no respect. How dare you not introduce yourself?" I didn't know that. I I, I thought I, I, I thought that you already I saw it. I you, didn't you have to stand you to by. Be a non self respecting parent. <laughs> but you know what? You have to stand by now. You know what? You know I have I have some of the Batman films, but you know the 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 ones towards the end that had the Val Kilmer's and and oh, the. Yeah. The, that soured me on that franchise so badly that, you know, I just recently bought the digital versions and because it was on sale, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I've got such a bad taste in my mouth with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. And right. But that, you know, that film, Jack doesn't Nicholson, Danny no, DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, just the Dude, first two you movies, what? you know, just listen, let, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> if I were to show Eli those movies, mm-hmm. he would immediately say, "What is he going to say?" That's corny. <laughs> well, all right, I will. I will say. I will, <laughs> Seriously, hear me, out. hear me out. I have. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. 
and I have seen one of his movies. Which one? Which movie? And I'm sorry, say that again. Um, uh, the Michael Keaton movie. Oh, uh, uh, it was with. There's two of them. Yeah, there's it was Batman with and there's Batman Returns. I think. Yeah. I don't remember which one, but it was with Penguin. And so Penguin that's the second like, one. Second yeah, one, yeah. I that one was like the worst one. That's not the worst one. The, oh, the ones one after that are way worse. Yeah, that's Batman Returns. Wait, which one did he say? Hold on, I, I didn't. I didn't get it. Which one did you say is the worst one? The second one. Ba- Batman Returns with uh, Danny you DeVito. You thought that one was the worst one with Danny DeVito yeah. and, and Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer? What? Bat nipples. He doesn't know about bat nipples. Yeah, so. you don't know about freeze. That hasn't happened. Oh my yet. god! You don't know about Jim Carrey as the Riddler. You I don't know about it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought I thought Jim Carrey was absolutely amazing as the yeah, as he the was Riddler. awesome. I also think that Jim Carrey like would be an amazing Joker. I, I like Two Face actually. He would be. I just you know why I didn't like Jim Carrey, and I don't want to get too far into a conversation about those movies. Why not? Why not? Playing. You putting it on the table? Don't this him. <laughs> all right, all right. So I'll, I'll throw it on there. To me, he was playing the Joker. He wasn't playing the Riddler. That's not how the Riddler acts. That's that how the Joker acts. How the Riddler acts. The Riddler no. is the one that is crazy. He's no, much more stoic than that. He's he much more stoic than that. The Joker. Yeah, I have to agree with Jose on this one. He's no, he's no, no, most he's complicated. The kind. He's not. The Joker is insane. And, he's and not the Joker. The Riddler is the Riddler is is somebody who like yeah he's also like out of his mind because he's one of the rogues the rogues gallery. They're all kind of out of their mind. But he has like a like a like an air of refinement to him. He's supposed to be like like a stiff upper lip kind of like I'm better than you character. He's not dancing around. Do you not remember the scene? Do you not remember the scene where he was dressed up as in, in tuxedo and he had that refined taste? The the battles that he had with uh Tom Lee Jones's character, you know, Two Face, where he was like, you need to have like panache, a certain a certain amount of class, and then yeah, Two Face I mean, was the opposite. Like he played that part also. But then, but most of the movie was him being Rubberface, that Jim Carrey movie where he just like did weird stuff with his face. Yeah. The Riddler's not gonna make weird facial expressions with Jim Carrey. Listen, that, I, I, don't, I, 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 I don't think that that's true. I think you need to rewatch it. I saw it recently, and I don't think that like he he had a couple instances where he had that you know that like classic Jim Carrey Rubberface kind of thing, but it there wasn't. was a little Ace Ventura in there. He pra- I was going to say, he practically said all righty then in this movie. Come on. Yeah. He practically said <laughs> it. You need to rewatch it. I, I did it recently. I did. I like, think I he was amazing as a Riddler. So many times that I just didn't get the Riddler vibe from him. I got a Joker vibe. I really did. But, you know, it, it, either way. But he, he was still a fun not, it was still a fun role for him. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I, as opposed to Tommy Lee Jones, he, yes. he nailed that, that performance. And come on. He was not good as, yeah. as Two-Face. That I will agree. Two-Face was awful. Jim Carrey was just not my favorite. Like, uh, he just wasn't my favorite. I did. That's not how I saw the character. And maybe it's a little bit of influence from also Batman the Animated Series, which influenced a lot of us from the 90s, us, us kids who were teenagers oh, in the cool. 90s. Yeah. But that's Riddler. Actually, I, I am now, I'm going to, you guys can't see this, so I'm going to describe it for you guys, but I'm going to send this to the uh, group chat. And right. this is the cover <laughs> to uh, the, the Riddler's very first appearance. And if this is not, if this is not Jim Carrey's jo- uh, Riddler. Then the Batman I'm, the Animated Series, you mean? This first no, appearance in that or in the comic? In the comic. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to send it to the group real quick. I want you guys to see it. Fair enough. I mean, I will describe it. So go ahead, take a look at the group. 
and I want to hear your collective your collective gasp. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's see. He, he, he's playing the 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 role that um, was played in that 1966. Uh, I mean, okay. we're talking about source material, right? We're talking about source material. This is he one image. Has, this is one image, and I'll give you that. There's right. a. We're there's talking a about the introduction. This is the introduction of the Riddler. You can't get mad if the source material is not only that very Jim Carrey look, but he even has the same costume. Um, you know what I'll say, and then AJ, it sounds like you want to say something. I'll say yeah. that I I will go back and I will I will I'll go on DC Universe or something like that, and I'll read some of his earlier comics just to just to address your point a little bit more, Wolfie. And maybe we can talk about this again in the future because there'll certainly be some Batman news that we'll get to talk about as the new movies come out. So I'll go back and I'll look at the origin of the Riddler in the comics. But the only thing I will say, the only thing I will say, and then I'll open up the floor to AJ and to you, Wolfie, to respond if you wish to do so, is that something that Walt almost mentioned a second ago. This is the origin of like the of the the kind of like Watusi like freaking like like um you know like like a Batman cartoon from the '60s. It's a different aesthetic, and I'm not going to take away the fact that you're right. In this image, there's a Jim Carrey vibe. But like again, this is like Batcopter, shark repellent spray, Batman. And, so and what Batman movie are we talking about? Yeah, no, but that's the that's that's when they that's when they made him darker though. You have to admit that too. That's when they that's they when they took the Dark Knight and brought him into 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 that's like true, the but we're talking, canon, about, we're, right? we're talking about a specific Batman film. That Batman yeah. film was yeah. the Batcopter and the special sprays and the flame retarding cape and all that stuff. Oh no, no I'm talking about Batman in the in the eighty nine though. Now that's when we got the Dark Knight. The 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 Batman from back then in the sixties. Right, right. No, I understand. What I'm saying is that the film, the Schumacher films, more resembled the the I would say maybe a mixture of. Mm. You know, I guess maybe a, a blend of like that early, you know, <laughs> really, really uh, dramatic Batman with the darker elements. Because I think Val Kilmer played off a little bit of that darker Batman. But we're also talking about Batman, Batman that had nipples. So, yeah, that's that's true. It was a very colorful and strange film. And actually, you know. We should mention like rest in peace, Joel Schumacher, because he passed away recently. And even though those aren't our favorite films. He made some great ones, like Falling Down is a really awesome movie. And I just want to mention, you know, the man made some great films. But I, for me, I think most of us in this crew, and especially I think Eli would say, the Schumacher versions of Batman are really corny. They're super corny. And I don't yeah, know absolutely. if I wanted that vibe from the Riddler in this movie. But again, to be fair, based on your point, he played he maybe he read those comics and he played it based off of those which you can't fault him for and it's not jim carrey's performance so much as i wasn't with the vibe but that's a different that's almost a different argument than what we're having here because the reason that i would watch that movie to be honest who who's the only reason you would watch that movie jim carrey he's the only reason i would i would go back and watch that movie that's kind of true also yeah <laughs> so i mean <laughs> I just sent a couple more pictures. These are all from different eras of the Riddler just to show you how they drew the Riddler. And just by seeing how they drew him, you can see that there's more than just that sophisticated, you know, look. There is a maniacal, crazy Riddler behind him. 
That's fair enough. And I'll revisit the comics, as I said. I mean, AJ, what do you what do you think of Jim Carrey's portrayal? And I mean, I know this is kind of off the topic that we were talking about, but it, it does relate to the Batman that we're going to get, which is a different aesthetic from the movies that we have now. Like, what did you think about all that and how we can relate that to the new movies that are coming out, which you're probably going to hate anyway, because it sounds like it's going to be a mess. <laughs> um, have you seen the, the Jim Carrey movie? I actually have not. No. Oh, gosh. Walter. No. <sighs> then I don't remember it because I, I don't remember. With Eli, I, I don't know. But with you, we, we saw those movies. We got I, a lot of work. The only one I actually <laughs> remember is the one with the Joker and the one wow. with Catwoman. Oh yeah, that was the second one. one. I remember that one too. That one was yeah, the so corny. We did, we uh, did do. Yeah, I do remember go. doing a marathon of the old Batman movies with you. I think you might so. need to do that again, just so we can update them and prepare them for the mess that's going to be Flashpoint, perhaps. I don't, know. I don't know if I can handle Eli's reactions <laughs> to the movies, especially after the second one. You know, Eli, Eli, one thing that I will tell you is that you you, you have to understand where yeah. films were in that time, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there was no, there's no, like, real huge technological prowess that wasn't, I mean, the back cow, the, the, the cape and the cow, you couldn't even turn your head. He had to turn his whole body because technology wasn't there to even create uh, a cow where he could turn his head, you yeah. know, um, and you know. I mean, we didn't even get that until the, into, the second into most recent movie. movie you know? Remember, <laughs> what was that? We didn't even get a, a cow where he could turn his head until the Dark Knight. Yeah, until the, the Dark Knight. Yeah, that was the first movie where he could turn his head. You know, and the thing is that you have to take that into account. You know, especially the other thing too is that like comic book films in the early '90s or even the '90s. I mean, I would say the biggest budget comic book film was the Schumacher films um but even before then even the Superman films while the Superman films grossed you know quite a bit at the time because of his popularity mm-hmm. most comic book stories and films and TV shows were fringe and nobody wanted to put money behind them yeah they were they were definitely more just for kids back then and you now gotta, comic you got for yeah. everybody yeah, you got to really take that into account when you watch these movies before you just call them straight up corny it's just like corny yeah, you also have to take into account that <laughs> after a while, those movies are crap. So, I just know that too. But that doesn't yeah, mean some... it's not corny. No, it, you're right. It doesn't mean that at all. But, it, <laughs> but I mean, some, some movies age better than others, I guess. I mean, yeah. the Schumacher film is one million percent super duper corny. There's like I, I, when I saw yeah. it, I was going on a marathon, Batman marathon, and I was like, God, I can't. Like, how much time is left in this movie? You know. <laughs> I mean, listen. They, they, they even going back to the Keaton films. They they made a point of doing these these um, symbolisms, you know, with Batman. Like I I remember that you know there's a point where the the bat wing, bat plane flies up to the moon just for no other reason than to create a bat symbol on the moon. Yeah, that was pretty no cool other though. reason to do it. It was just it was that awesome. they wanted to do that. But it was kind of corny in in like. Not, oh 
my out, outside of context. No, I agree. It's it's still going to be awesome to this day for those of us that watch that movie. But if you think about it, like, why is Batman doing that? Why is he yeah, pausing in the middle of a battle to be like, ha ha, I'm going to fly in front of the movie. I don't think he did that in the middle of a battle. I think that was the end of the movie. No, dude, that was, that was, he, he got shot down after that by the giant Joker gun. That was in the middle yeah. of the battle. That was, that was during that one? It wasn't, it wasn't during the second one? Oh, it was the first one. It was the first one. That's, and that's, yeah, that's when the city was being poisoned. Yeah, he was <laughs> like, to take down the moon. To the moon. So people were dying and he was like, I'm going to fly up and make the bat signal and then save everybody. Well, still, again, you know, Batman <laughs> film, all right? I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. It was an awesome moment. But in context, if you're looking at it as somebody who's watching a modern comic book movie, if you saw that in a modern comic book movie, you'd be like, what on earth is he doing? Like 50 people just died because he decided to go fly up into the sky and do something let's, stupid. Let's put it this way. If the beginning of um, BBS <laughs> was Bruce Wayne driving through. No, no, I'm sorry. The beginning of what was it? Justice League? Him driving through, um, trying trying to get to his employees, and he just decides to stop. No, that was BBS. Repeating like yeah. uh, a bat signal on the side of the building. Yeah. That's kind of that moment. You know what I'm saying? Sorry, <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are, <laughs> it was so awesome when it happened. But I'm just saying, yeah. if, if you, you think about it, it makes no sense. Something that you guys were talking about before. Since I haven't watched like any of the movies without context, that just sounded so bad. Oh my god, dude! That's like that's like it's like a wrestling match. It's like hulking up before the before you get to like the actual fight. It's a cool shot. Like it's come a on. cool. Like, no, I'm not saying it's not a cool shot. Nobody's disagreeing with I, that. But you're saying that it's a corny shot too. You're also saying it's corny. But but it's a but it's it's not that's not corny so much as it's like what is Batman doing? Like a bunch of people just died because he decided to fly up in the sky and flaunt the fact that he's Batman. Did you guys forget that we're also talking about? We're, hold on. Did you also forget that we're talking about a guy that dresses up as a bat? If we want no, to, I, like, be realistic. I get it, but Batman's also supposed to be efficient and badass. He's not supposed to like. He, he's also and not flashy. Batman's he, not flashy. flashy? Are you kidding me? He puts the bat symbol on the on the hubcaps of his wheels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't go out of his way to do flashy things, is what I'm saying. Pulled off to do that, he pulled off a dogfighting tactic called an Immelman, where yeah. there was nobody he was dogfighting with. Nobody was shooting at him. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It was, I, like yeah, I said, it was an amazing shot. Everybody in the movie call. theater was like, oh my God, that's so cool. But if yeah. but when you look at it like thirty years later, you're like, yo, again, Batman just let a bunch of people die. Like Batman wouldn't do that. Batman would not. Bullet. He also got shot down by one bullet from a revolver with a thirty foot barrel. Yeah, I get that too. But the Joker would probably do something like that. That the Joker would do. That's something the Joker would definitely do. Absolutely. A thirty foot barrel doesn't even fit in his pants. <laughs> no, I know. But it's the Joker. Well, he, unless he, like, unless he's, he's a coward. And like, anyway, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> anyway, the man, got, the man got skills. <laughs> so anyway, I, I still, I think we all kind of got like a little lukewarm about this Michael Keaton thing, in a sense, because we're. I'm actually afraid that they're going to ruin. Because again, even though we're kind of criticizing it right now. 
we, you know, it's okay to criticize it because, you know, we love a lot of things and we're still okay with criticizing it to a certain extent. And like you said, Wolfie, it can't be, it can't be detached from the time period where it came out also. This is something that's going to happen in those kinds of movies because you need moments like that for the fans. But it, it, it I'm kind of worried that they're going to ruin Batman and Batman Returns. I, I Honestly, I don't care what you think, Eli. Batman Returns is awesome. So whatever. Danny I, DeVito I is not that corny, and neither is Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. I need like, to watch it again. Yeah, watch it again. I mean, you know what? It, it was a we little need to have like a family night. Watch it so that like we can we can make sure that we skew your opinion towards ours. We should do a mystery, do a mystery science theater three thousand type cast where we watch it and comment on it. Oh my god, uh, that would be interesting. I don't know. Probably not gonna happen. But I mean, what do you have with Dragon Ball Evolution? What do you guys think? No, no, no. I've only no, seen I, parts of that on the internet, and I'm already repulsed. Yeah, I, I showed him. I showed him a video of like literally a couple of scenes, and bro, I could tell you he was bugging out. I just have to look at Piccolo in that movie. He's and a I'm scroll. I'm He's done. a scroll. Look that. I feel um, like we should sure. start like a movement. Who was freaking Ozaru? Yeah. Oh my god. I feel like we should like start like a petition to have the studio that, if they still exist, uh, demand an apology from them to the uh, Dragon Ball community. They did. I think yeah, he did. Yeah, Eric did. Really? They did? I didn't see it. I didn't get it. Where was my apology in the mail? On our non-existent podcast. Yeah, I don't need an apology because I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't exist to me, so I don't need an apology. We, we actually, like like Eli said, we, we had recorded a podcast where, and this was right after Broly came out. So we decided, you know what, let's let's do some counter-programming and let's see the old Dragon Ball Evolution. And we actually did record an episode, but we never released it because it was so bad that um, literally there was nothing positive in that podcast. And I, I felt that it was just a... You know, a, a public service for us not to release it. You know, I mean, so. if if the Last of Us Part Two is any indication, people like hate, so we could hate on it all we want. <laughs> people would probably love our our hateful reactions to that movie. The only that problem is, is, I would want to jump out of something if I were to watch that movie. So that's really the only like, problem that I have. The, the problem is, is that after we recorded it, I think me and Eli were depressed for like weeks <laughs> afterwards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So it, it was kind of tough to put it out there and relive it. Oh, man, man. I Just think – so what's our general consensus on this Michael Keaton flashpoint thing? Do we want to kind of summarize it? You know, because. I think that um, I think that it's not that we're lukewarm to the, you know, Michael Keaton Batman cameo or whatever nature he's going to be in. We're lukewarm towards the idea of DC – doing it properly in the Flashpoint series. Because if if they brought him back and they did, you know, just a regular Flash movie with Michael Keaton in it and as a cameo or whatever, then I bet you it'll be way better than trying to incorporate him into Flashpoint when we know how much work they need to do and how much story they got to put into Flashpoint. And that's me not knowing anything about Flashpoint. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I think, I think for me, I think for me, um, it's not so. I'm actually excited about seeing Michael Keaton don the cape again, and and 
you know, hopefully, you know, we do see an iteration of Batman Beyond and him playing the mentor role and stuff like that. Yeah. I just, I, I guess my my issue really is, is that I don't trust WB to do the do the movie justice. And, and I'm afraid that if they let the director do their, do his thing um, and they don't like it, we may get a situation where it, it's Suicide Squad and, and Justice League all over again, where there's studio meddling that ruins a property that really, you know, you've got to treat with, you know, reverence and stuff. Um, okay. I, I, I know Michael Keaton will kill it because we've seen him in other roles and, you know, as he's matured, yeah. he's become such, such a greater actor. I mean, you know, I, I would tend to think that he probably play an even better Batman right now, you yes, know, because of the maturity level that he has as an actor. I'm just afraid that W WB to quote um, a comment that AJ had said earlier. I'm afraid that WB would screw the pooch with this and and really mess it up and tarnish you know the the you know what the original Batman and Batman Returns was. Okay. Eli? Okay. Eli, Eli? <laughs> <laughs> Eli what's your opinion? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I felt like we lost him there for a second. Really, I, don't, I don't really know what to say. It's I'm really iffy about what's happening with the DCEU. Um, like have you... Even though you haven't really seen the Batman movies with Michael Keaton, have you ever seen any scenes with him as Batman? Or have you ever seen a movie with Michael Keaton? Like, I mean, you could you point to Spider-Man Homecoming where he was Vulture. Have you seen him in a role that you really liked him? Maybe approach it from that angle I'm, since you haven't seen him as much. Vulture, Vulture was like literally the only scene that that's popping into my head. But um, yeah, I did really like him in in that movie. He played like a really good bad guy. But I don't. Okay. Uh, I I can. It's hard to see him as a good guy, even though I haven't like actually. It's it's hard to base. It's hard to come up with like what I, what I think might happen with this mm-hmm. if if I don't really have like anything to base it off of. Like I, I only remember him from Homecoming, really. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I mean, let me ask it in this way because if you remember in Homecoming, he's a bad guy, but he's also kind of a good guy because he doesn't he doesn't give up Spider Man, and he's doing it for his family. So, and remember this also: Batman is Batman is kind of in at least in my opinion, he's the original antihero because he's a good guy but he's nuts and he has weird methods and he's probably almost as crazy as the villains that he fights. So if you look at it in that context, Just one can you day. maybe see how, because remember Batman, Batman is not sane, right? Michael Keaton, at least in my opinion, he plays unhinged pretty well, but again, he's also doing things in the Spider-Man movie he didn't want to kill Spider-Man, you know, like he wasn't a, a pure bad guy. So if you look at it from that angle, I mean, what do you think maybe? Does that help maybe clarify it for you a little bit? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know what? I think of it, I think he might be a, a good a good role for, 
he would, yeah, he would be a good role for um Batman because okay. he okay, he does cool. he does sort of have that like dark tone to him, but at the same time, you can kind of see like the parts where he plays hero in 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 um yeah. In spite it's, it's interesting okay. because because Eli's in that that demographic where he really you know. Michael Keaton's so far removed from being Batman that that yeah. news really doesn't resonate that great with him as opposed to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I understand that. So that's why I tried to give it a little context. So I'll, you know, I'd like AJ to actually wrap this one up. So I'll give my opinion really quickly as well. I I can actually see him being an awesome role, but I can see I can see it being a little bit like Batman versus Superman, where if you don't get the full movie or if there's a lot of interference, what did we get in that movie that was kind of standout in comparison to everything else? We got Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was kind of the best part of that movie, at least in my opinion. At least a lot of people felt that way, which is why the Wonder Woman movie was so well-received. I can see this Flashpoint movie that they're trying to do falling into the same trap, which is what I'm worried about. But at the same time, I'm also looking forward to seeing Michael Keaton in his own words, wanting to get nuts. Let's get nuts from the original Batman movie. Like I love how, like, I think to this day, and we talked about this before, I think he balances Batman and Bruce Wayne better than anybody else, better than anybody else. He might not be the best Batman. He might not be the best Bruce Wayne, but when you saw him as Batman in that original movie, and it's also because of like Michael Keaton's look, Let's be honest. He looks like he's a little unhinged sometimes. But you got the sense that, yeah, okay, here's this guy who's he's a playboy. He's a millionaire. He's a hero. He wants to do the right thing. But he's also crazy. Like, there's something wrong with this guy. And that's something that you don't see necessarily. Like, you didn't really see that in the Christian Bale Batman. He was just kind of depressed. He wasn't so much unhinged. You got a little bit more of that, I think, when Ben Affleck played the role. But it still didn't have that same level of, like, Batman being maybe somebody that belongs in Arkham Asylum with all the rest of the guys that he's that he's constantly fighting, which has always been, again, this is my opinion, to me that's been something that defines Batman. He belongs in there pretty much with the people that he's trying to stop. And whether he's that's doing really, it for good reasons or not, I mean, that's, that's uh, something that Michael Keaton brought to the role, at least in my opinion, again, better than anyone else. That's really interesting because I don't think that like in the comics that you see a Bruce Wayne that's unhinged. We know that he's unhinged because of his obsession um, mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, being the Batman and, 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 you know, all his duties at all costs, but you don't see him act that out publicly with anyone in the comics. Like when well, Bruce remember, Wayne did that, when Michael Keaton did that, he did that, he did that more as a scare tactic you know, in that scene, if you if you remember correctly, but I don't think that he did yeah. that. You know, I don't know. He has moments in it's the interesting. It's an interesting thing to like. I don't know if like you can if if Bruce Wayne has ever really shown himself unhinged to other people. He, he might have done it. I mean, he's done it with villains though, and he did do it with the Joker in that movie. But it's a fair point. I agree with you. Yeah. It's a fair. Point. Um, but I because I Ben Affleck like, is still my Batman. I'm just saying, Ben Affleck, Peter Man. Yeah, I would like to see a little bit of that. Because I, I really enjoyed how in that movie he was well put together. And then there was that moment where it's like, okay, like there really is something wrong with this guy. And we, like I said, 
we all know that Batman is not completely sane. And maybe you're right, Wolfie, that he really only shows those moments in the comics as Batman with the cowl on. Because those are the only moments like, you know, when when he busts out in laughter with the Joker yeah. at the end of that comic. That's a moment where you see that. But you're right. He was in the cape and the cowl in that moment. He's much more yeah. controlled as Bruce Wayne. I mean, I will say that, like, and and not not to I know that um we still got a few more other opinions to go through but just a final point here is that that the, one of you know one of the reasons I like Ben Affleck so much as Batman is because he did actually show I think his you know um him being unhinged in some scenes with Alfred you know where he his obsession with mm-hmm. trying to that's you know, true beat Superman is where we actually got to see an unhinged Bruce Wayne where he's not shaving and he doesn't care about like, you know, what happens. And, you know, he's just like, like basically like I will cross these lines. I don't care, you know, and he to, made mistakes to, to destroy Superman. Yeah. He made these mistakes and stuff like that out of, out of pure blindness. And, and I think that that was, I think in film, the closest that we've seen an unhinged Bruce Wayne. That's a good point. That is a very good point. Uh, I got you back. <laughs> AJ, what about you, buddy? My outlook is going to be the bleakest of them all. I, I have gathered. little to no faith in this Flashpoint movie. It's like I said earlier, you're going from Iron Man, to Captain America, Civil War, to <laughs> Avengers Endgame. It, yeah. it doesn't work. I'm sorry. Okay. And as far as the Michael Keaton news goes, I mean, from one standpoint, I can see what you guys, what you, how you excited you guys can be. It's great, but mm-hmm. you know, like, if if this is gonna be a, a train wreck, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> <laughs> the only, literally, the only thing that I am hoping they take away from this mangled uh, cesspool is that they start fresh. Flashpoint, like said numerous times on this podcast, is their way of resetting everything. Do it right this time around. For God's sake. That is all I have to say about that. If this is the start point and it is a cesspool, as you described it, I wouldn't be hopeful if I were you. But they have had some good movies recently. I do love Michael Keaton. I'm not sure about, as as I think you said it earlier, or Eli said it earlier, I'm not certain. Going from, or actually it might have been, you know, I don't know who said this, but somebody did mention, and you can you can say it when, who, who it was. You go from the dude bro Aquaman. Yeah, that was that was you. Yeah, you go yeah, from no. dude bro Aquaman to like cutthroat, maniacal, world conquering Aquaman is tough. Going from sweet love conquers all, Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman, to again cutthroat, maniacal, slicing heads off, war with the with you know Atlantis, Wonder Woman might be tough. And then we have all the complications with 
It's not supposed to be in the DCEU, DCEU, but you Robert Pattinson's going to play Batman. You already have a crossover between the Flash TV show with Grant Gustin's Barry Allen and Ezra Miller's Barry Allen in the movies. There is a really good chance that for those reasons and more, something that might even be muddled by the nature of the story they're trying to tell could be even freaking worse. So I guess the general... Go ahead. Go ahead. What's up? You know, actually, there, there is a way where you could say love conquers all. When Wonder Woman kills Aquaman, he'll be like, dude, bro, I want to give my heart to you. And she's like, really? Sure, I'll take it, and then I'll feed it to you. And then she'll <laughs> rip his heart out, and then make him eat it. And love conquers all. <laughs> there you go. I guess the heart, the heart conquers all, in this case. The physical <laughs> manifestation of love. <laughs> that is pretty dark. That's how it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be like that. All right. So I guess the general consensus is we're a little worried. We like the Michael Keaton news, but we're afraid that he's going to be kind of lost in the shuffle of all of this. DC, if you're listening, and of course we know you're listening because everybody listens to our podcast, <laughs> take some more time and... Give Flashpoint another year. Wait for at least one more movie to come out. That's how I feel. Set something up in Wonder Woman 84. Maybe a mention in something. I don't care what the heck it is. Even if it's a Tony Stark moment or a, or a Nick Fury moment, they have to set something up in moments or post-credit scenes. I mean, if we were really approaching this from the proper angle, this, this movie probably shouldn't be coming out until like freaking 2024. It shouldn't be coming out in 2021. So I guess our consensus is we hope they do well by this, but the track record is not good. Did I kind of summarize that fairly well for everybody? Sure. Yeah. Or, I mean, they could just not do it. <laughs> or that. <laughs> we'll be, definitely watch the animated film when you get a chance. I know you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, but watch the animated Flashpoint movie. It's really good, and it's a great story. But that's from a perspective of somebody who's a big fan and understands these things and has seen the setup in the other animated movies. So I guess we'll see. All right. I think, I think we're, we're going to wrap it up here, right? I think we've had enough to say about this, at least for today. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yep. Anybody else? Yeah. <laughs> I think AJ put it best. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're done. We're done. We're done. All right. Well... Thank you to all of our Get Geekdom, all of our fans out there for joining us once again on another episode of the Get Geek podcast. Um, once again, as a quick reminder, uh, you know, the best way to support us is to like, rate, share, subscribe, check out our Instagram page at Get Geek Podcast. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever your favorite podcasts are sold. As a reminder, for those of you who are listening, again, we are giving away another Funko Pop this week. It's a, a Vegeta Funko Pop, Vegeta Training <clears throat> Funko Pop. So it's actually a very specific one, a little bit more of a limited one. You can go to our Instagram page at Get Geek Podcast to find out more information on how you can enter. So take a look at that. Again, like, rate, share, and subscribe. If you have any feedback for us, please let us know. Thanks for joining us this week on our podcast about 
Michael Keaton, Flashpoint, a little bit of The Last of Us Part 2. We hope you've checked out some of our recent podcasts where we talked about the PS5 versus the Xbox Series X, or last week when we had a discussion um, about our favorite video game endings of all time. If you guys want to go back and take a listen to any of that and let us know what you think of those, like, rate, share, and subscribe to those as well. That's the best way to support us if you really, really enjoy our podcast. So we want to thank you for those of you that will do that and those of you who have supported us thus far. So, yeah, that's it. Again, as always, for those of you out there that are listening, for all of those in the Get Geekdom, stay geeky, my friends.